these conspiracy theorists are really fearful and eager to hang on to their current level of power and status quo. They're so afraid of how they'll be treated if and when, and the sooner the better, if and when they are no longer in control. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome in. You know, Cindy, we have a serious problem here in the United States. You know what I'm thinking? I absolutely do, Julie. There are many problems, (laughs) but I think you're thinking that white male minority rule is a serious problem in our country. That's exactly what I was thinking. I read your mind. <laughs> White men founded our country. And as of yet, it seems they have not learned how to share. They don't want to share power, decision making, equal pay, equal rights for all, etc. They continue to hold the majority of power and control over almost all aspects of our lives. Do we really have to say not all white men? But I will. I'll clarify for those looking for a disagreement with us. Of course, we're not talking about all white men. We absolutely love some white men and they can be great allies. Yes, absolutely. But, or, and, (laughs) as we state in other episodes, not all men use guns to hurt people, but the clear majority of people who do are men. The same is true for aggression in general, committing crimes and negative attitudes. Yeah. White men clearly have a hard time when it comes to legislating issues pertaining to women and minorities. They make unfair and ridiculous, often supremely ignorant rules about people's bodies and their right to vote, live, and everything else. White men represent 30% of the population, but 62% of office holders, dominating both chambers of Congress, 42 state legislatures, and statewide roles across the nation. Women and people of color constitute 51% and 40% consecutively of the U.S. population, but just 31% and 13% of office holders. And then there's the corporate world. Over 85% of Fortune 500 CEOs are white men. If we saw this imbalance anywhere else, we'd probably want to intervene and help create more of a balance to such an oppressive regime. I mean, in another country, how could a real democratic system have this level of disparity between the leaders and who is being led? It's estimated that whites will be a minority of the U.S. population within a matter of decades, a couple of them. And A lot of people believe elected officials and top leaders will inevitably become more diverse. But some are concerned that this actually won't happen. A case in point is that women have been a little more than half of the country forever, for as long as it's existed, and they are still severely underrepresented in government and business. Since white men hold the power and most of the money, even a few can hold tight and not make room for others. Apparently. We see this happening as our system moves to be guided 
by a very few people at the top, heavily white men who do not act in the best interest of our population. Not that I need to tell you that, you can see it. And they don't listen to the will of those who elected them. Politicians currently holding office can make election laws and draw districts in their favor. And it's no accident that the anti-democratic measures we're seeing in so many areas, including women's healthcare rights and voting rights, just to name a couple, are happening in this moment of major change in our demographics. Good point, Cindy. They're hanging on to their power. The fact that it's in this context that efforts to make the U.S. even less democratic than it already is are happening is definitely not a coincidence. In primary elections throughout the country, women and people of color who have been running have actually been doing better than their white male opponents. People talk about the greater so-called electability of the white man, which has kept parties from advancing women and minorities. And at least at this point in our history, we have proof that that is not true. It's a big myth. Yes, we've seen for many, many years that other countries have elected women as their prime ministers and top leaders, countries with supposedly much less respect for women. What proof was there ever that women were not electable? And when Obama pushed his way to the front of the line, despite rumors that a black or biracial man could never be elected in this country, he was in fact elected twice. These myths about electability are intended to hold people back who are not white men. But once leaders are in place, it's easier for them to stay in place. It's true. Most incumbents end up winning their races. It's hard to get them out. And because women and people of color have been pushed down from the highest tiers until relatively recently, most incumbents are still white men. Right. We have a political and economic system that was generally not created to include new points of view or points of view beside the straight white Christian male, actually. Yeah. Like all systems, ours was built to protect the status quo by protecting the people and the interests already represented in it. Clearly, some companies are trying to diversify and Democratic candidates in the most recent election were 44% women and 32% people of color. This is trending in the right direction, but still it falls short of a true representation of the country's population. And on the Republican side, there doesn't seem to be much of a move toward balance at all. In the 2020 primaries, 93% of Republican candidates were white and fewer than one in four were women. How can such a demographic even begin to address the real needs of the diversity of people in our country? I'm just kidding. They have no intention of doing that. That's the whole point. Just the opposite. They're trying to keep the power in the hands of the diminishing number of white men. Being led at the top by a bunch of out of touch white men perpetuates a cycle where common sense ideas and policies that are supported, even needed by the majority of Americans go nowhere or increasingly go in the opposite direction, such as legislation for gun control, for voting, for abortion, and other issues that make sense for families, such as family planning, even universal pre-K. We have an incredibly limited perspective represented in the halls of power where these decisions are all being made. And that's how they wanna keep it. Most Americans don't share the privileged white male experience and actually want different outcomes than what they're offering us, what we're seeing. Exactly. A scary demographic takeover seems to be the white Christian straight male who feels targeted and unloved. 
Christian nationalists. They're a scary group. Look yeah. them up. They seem to feel they are losing their grip on power and control and fear that they will somehow become the underdog. They must fear being treated the way they've treated other people. Objection much? So as many companies and governing bodies seek to change their makeup so that they reflect the population, they serve a little better and embrace the growing diversity. This seems to be scaring a lot of Americans who are increasingly buying into the great replacement theory. Oh, right. In case you haven't heard of it, it's a conspiracy theory regarding the fear that certain minorities are looking to replace white men in all facets of American life. It's crazy. The theory has been discredited, yet believers who often have white supremacist leanings, unsurprisingly, fear that things like welcoming immigrants are really a disguise for a plot to replace white Americans with minority groups. The replacement conspiracy theory has been cited by racist marchers. For example, in Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017, you may remember they were chanting, Jews will not replace us. And it has been invoked by other violent white supremacist individuals and groups, such as the guy who shot up the Buffalo supermarket. The replacement theory has been mentioned by a lot of white supremacist organizations and at least a couple of racially motivated mass shooters. These people are leading a scary charge to keep anyone who is not white from our country. Some of our political leaders have also mentioned the replacement theory, both directly and indirectly. They work replacement theory into campaigns against Democrats and play on the fears of their white supremacist base. Some actually believe that Democrats are trying to replace them with minorities because they believe that the Dems found out that they can't win re-election without a large group of new voters getting brought in to replace the voters here. So they think that's why the Democrats want to let immigrants in. To vote against to get them. more vote. Several of these terrible people accused Dems of purposely encouraging immigration, legal and illegal, so that they can somehow overthrow the country. This theory shows a lot of fear and paranoia. And frighteningly, a recent poll found that 32% of adults actually believe these ideas. 32%, that's like a third of the country. I think those are the same population that watches Fox cable news. It's gotta be, and that's a lot of people. Yeah. These kinds of ideas tap into a fear of immigrants and others running completely counter to reality and the need to simply reflect the true demographics and needs of the American people. Right. These conspiracy theorists are really fearful and eager to hang on to their current level of power and status quo. They're so afraid of how they'll be treated if and when, and the sooner the better, if and when they are no longer in control. Of course, the same poll showed that this group of replacement theorists is more likely to believe in conspiracy theories in general and more likely to get its news from right wing sources. So you're right about Fox News. Yeah, they don't see it as racism, but what else could it possibly be? Exactly. It's racism in the form of their fear of losing privilege, control, dominance, and maybe even their identity. Who would they be if they can't call the shots and have to live under people who actually want to be treated fairly? They would just be like everybody else. Some Republican leaders know better, but continue to appeal to these angry and fearful white voters like the guy who's running for governor in Pennsylvania, B. 
because that appeal works. Yeah. Meanwhile, by 2044, according to the Census Bureau, the country is expected to become the majority minority people. The majority will be minority. Yes. Any political party, people, employers, or communities that ignore these demographics, in a lot of ways, they're going to fall behind. Of course. We have to learn to get along in diverse groups. I mean, that ship's been sailing. To treat each other fairly and work together toward the common good. That sounds so great, Cindy. It seems like such a hard concept for some of the people who are greedy for power and control to grasp. Well, and they start to think the common good means communism. Yeah. It seems like they have a hard time listening and understanding that they could be part of a better plan, part of a better society instead of blocking it. Well, it's because they don't think it'll be better for them. There are plenty of white men who actually do embrace diversity. We're talking about some of the narrow-minded ones pushing their agenda on the rest of the country in this time. One of the privileges of these mostly white men is that they haven't had to consider ever being marginalized. They're not used to examining themselves or their place in leadership or community. Maybe they feel they're being blamed for the ills of the world. In some cases, they're creating them at this point. I think they've been creating them for lots of years. It isn't only white men around the world who have created problems, although it is mostly men. But in this country, it's been a lot of white men causing problems. That's for sure. A lot of bad compromises have been made with people in power in order to get them to consider other points of view. We all have to fight against white supremacy and its rising leadership. It will also take other white men to help lead the way. Until recently, many of us didn't realize that this type of leadership was rising. But now that it's obvious and we can see it all over the place, we have to stay awake. We have to pay attention and we have to do what we can to get these men out of power. Which includes everything from voting, protesting, to walking away from certain businesses and patronizing others that reflect the qualities and values that are important to us. Right. For those who truly want to increase diversity in leadership, which is best for this country. There's a lot of advice out there on how to make real attempts to do so. An article in Forbes.com, for example, offers 10 steps businesses can take to improve diversity. Great. And in politics, we have to support women and minority candidates and, yes, try to replace those who don't or won't represent us with those who will. You know, Cindy, when you put it that way, I don't think replacement is such a bad idea. To understand more about white supremacy and our need to fight against it, you might be interested in following the Southern Poverty Law Center at splcenter.org. They do a lot to monitor hate groups and extremists throughout the U.S. and expose their activities to the public. Yep. Thanks for joining us. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Till next time, take care.